in the space. Welcome to in the space. Thank you. Can, have I turned the box on? Yes, I have. Right. There we are. How are we doing? Shall I step away from this? This. No. Just happy. Good. Excellent. It's always good when the technology works. I find lovely. Uh, when we manage to do that, we'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> Very good to see you all. Uh, warm welcome if you're in the space. Warm welcome if you're joining us uh, online, however you're accessing the service, whenever you are accessing the service. It's Easter Sunday morning, friends. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Let me just read a little bit from Mark's gospel to you. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Well... We'll come to that later, but right now, if you're able, please stand and we will sing together, See What a Morning. Christ has risen from the dead. Death 
is dead. Christ has conquered. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your great plan of salvation. And for this weekend, where we see the fulfillment of your plan. All of our horizons are open now. There is hope in the world because you sent your son, because he lived, because he died, because he rose again. And now our sin can be forgiven. We can begin a new life with you. Even today, right now, it can be a reality. And we are so thankful for that because we know, Lord, that we're not all that we should be. There are things even now that we say, think, and do which are not right. They don't uh, line up with that desire to follow you. They don't line up with that word that we speak from time to time. I am a Christian. We want others to look at us and see Jesus. We want others to be aware that there is something about us that sets us apart. So help us, Father God, in those days when life is difficult, when our tempers are short, when patience is in short supply, and we say and think and do those things which bring no glory to your name, and if they were to be known, would bring shame to us. We are sorry Lord Jesus, we are sorry, Father God. Draw near to us and help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. There should be some puppets. Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter, Laura. Oh, thanks, Luke. And a very happy Easter to you, too. Thanks. Guess what? I've got you something. Ooh, have you? Yes, I'm very generous like that. Here it is. Ooh, an Easter egg. Wow. Yes, exactly. I thought with it being Easter and all, it was a perfect opportunity to get you a colourful cardboard box with chocolate in it. Cool, thanks. You are very good. Yes, I know. Plus, I got it just after Christmas when they were on sale. I'm fed up of looking at it now. But anyway, I digress. Before you open it, I just need to tell you a little something. Tell me what? Yes, you see, when I was just about to leave on the way over here, I thought I would pre-crack the egg for you. Oh, I think I could have managed that. Well, yes, you say that, but some of these eggs are pretty tough, you know. And you know me, I'm always thinking of you. Oh, so kind. Yes, well, I just cracked it, and then I had a little smell, just to make sure it was still okay, you know. And? Well, um, it just smelled so lovely, you know. All sweet and... And um, chocolatey? Yes, that's it. It smelled so nice. I thought, well, I ought to just taste a little bit of it, just to... Uh, to make sure? Yes, make sure. Glad you understand where I'm coming from. I think I can guess where this is going to. Well, you see, one thing led to another and... And... I ate it. You ate it? Yep. What, all of it? Well, yes, but look on the bright side. What possible bright side is there? You've scoffed the best bit. Well, I wouldn't say that, Laura. You've still got a beautiful box and some lovely silvery foil. Remember what they say. And what is it they say? <clears throat> Every cloud has a silver lining. Yes, and all I have is a silver lining. Usually every Easter egg box has an actual chocolate egg inside it. Well, I must say, I'm very disappointed you are taking it this way. You are disappointed with me? Oh, I like that. So what's the silver lining here then? Well, I thought you would be able to see the deep spiritual message of Easter. 
Through this visualization, I have so thoughtfully provided. I think the only thing you were thinking of was your stomach, you greedy No, bat. no. You see, the box and the empty foil are like the empty tomb the woman and the disciples found on Easter morning. They expected to find the dead body of Jesus, and instead, to their great surprise, they found him gone. Yes, but that was a mystery that needed a bit more detective work to solve, though, wasn't it? Luke's account in the Bible even says that Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, went away wondering what had happened. But I don't need to wonder why my Easter egg disappeared. I can't believe you thought you could show me the real meaning of Easter by not giving me an Easter egg. But Peter was confused as you are now. Don't you see? Now you can empathise with him and the other disciples. Tell you what, how about you go and get me another one, a bigger one, and then I can empathise with the joy the disciples will know later in the story when they meet the risen Jesus face to face. Um, hmm, I'm not sure they have any left in the shelves. It is Easter Sunday, you know. They better have, otherwise I'm eating the one I got for you. Well, well, in that case, I'm off to the shops. Bye, everyone. Honestly, what is he like? Happy Easter, everyone. Bye. Yeah, I think I share the disappointment. I really... <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for that, puppeteers. Uh, let's hear from God's word. Our reading this Easter Sunday is taken from Luke 24, verses 1 to 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Amen. Thank you, Lucas. Let's, uh, <clears throat> if we're able, please stand and we'll sing together once again. Oh, praise the name. And at the end of this, I will receive the offering. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body man. Messiah still and 
two slides or ignore the next slide splendid right let us pray father god on this day of all days we come with hearts full of praise and thanksgiving but we're aware that the world is not as it ought to be we can see now because you rose from the dead there are possibilities there is hope for peace and for life. And yet the world is broken. We know that it is. We see that it is. And it is in front of us all the time. Whenever we watch the news, whenever we read a newspaper, whenever we hear the news on the radio, however we receive our news, it is always about a world which is broken. So we want to bring to you your world. We think about the people of Ukraine, the intensification of the war in that place, the continuing destruction and loss of life. We think about the people who are having to leave homes, leave family, move right across the country and out of the country. We think about those that are stuck waiting to receive visas to move into different countries so that they might find peace and rest and work. We thank you for the people in our country that have offered to receive families from that place. We pray that all of the bureaucracy will be sorted out quickly and that people will be able to make their journey here in the shortest possible time. We thank you for the generosity of those who have offered. We pray that uh, the experience will be all that they hope. We pray that they will receive a great deal of joy in these new folk coming to live with them. We think about others who are refugees from war from different parts of the world. Some places in Africa, some in Asia. There's been war and famine and misery for many years. Lord God, we pray that we might play our part and play it well in helping to restore peace and joy to those that have lost everything. 
God, help us when we want to make it hard for them, when we want to make it difficult for them to find a place of safety. Our country has signed up to all sorts of conventions where we say that we will help. We pray that those words will become a concrete reality, even in this day, and especially on this day. Father God, we think about our friends, all those whom we know, who are unwell, who struggle with uh, difficulty, perhaps physically, mentally, emotionally. We all know somebody like that. We just picture them in our mind's eye. And we picture you, Lord Jesus, coming to them, risen from the dead, with healing in your hands, reaching out to them and touching them. We pray that they might be restored. We pray, Father God, that it won't be too long before we see them among us once again full of life and health and vigor. And there may be some, Lord, whom we know who are drawing to the end of this earthly journey. And if that is so, we pray that you will be alongside them for this last lap. We pray that they might know there is a companion and guide, one who knows the way, one who will not leave them or forsake them. One who will see them through the darkest time. Through to the sunlit uplands that wait beyond. Especially on this day. When we celebrate your transition through death and back to life. We pray that they might know that you are alongside and that there is nothing to fear. We thank you, Father, for one another, for the great joy of friends and families coming together on this day, maybe separated for a number of weeks or months, possibly even years, but here today, pleased and delighted to see one another and to be together once again. We're thankful, Lord, that we can celebrate together on this day. We gather up all of our prayers as we say the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So... Good Friday, a terrible day, the worst day that the followers of Jesus had ever endured. They had such hopes and dreams, and they were all centered around this man, Jesus. They had seen so much. They had heard so much. They had been a part of so many exciting things. There was something altogether lovely about this man, Jesus. He was such an attractive fellow and a, an attractive personality. He was altogether alive. It was stimulating to be in his presence. There was real hope. And one always felt when he was around, anything was possible. And he was a courageous man. He was a man without fear. He cleared the temple. Uh, he opposed 
religious authority figures that wanted to bind, and he set people free. And he had a, a revolutionary approach to religion. He always seemed to be looking for what would make for human flourishing. Rules, yes. He, uh, he had a, an understanding about rules. Uh, rules were all well and good. They were there to support human beings and help them find their way to God. That's what they were for. They were not there to be a burden. And his preaching and teaching, absolutely stunning, amazing. One who spoke with authority. Not, well, on the one hand, Rabbi X says this, and on the other hand, Rabbi Y says this, and I find myself tending towards this. No, this is what the Lord says. This is what my Father wants for you. What a great storyteller. Healer. Exorcist. Demons cast out. Things happened around Jesus. Really good things. And now... It's all gone. He's been taken away. Jesus is dead. They saw it. The women had watched at a distance. They saw the body taken down from the cross. They saw it laid in the tomb. They knew he was dead. And on that Sunday morning, they came prepared to offer these last offices of love to their Lord, embalm his body. They come expecting a dead Jesus, and they are met with a stunning question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? They come expecting death and are confronted with life, and it is utterly disorientating. They had absolutely no expectation of the resurrection. Despite Jesus' teachings, despite his repeated explanations about what was going to happen, these women arrive with spices, ready to embalm a body. The expectation is death, not life. And it is clear from all of the gospel accounts that everyone thought that Jesus was dead. And it is very important, friends, to grasp this. The gospel accounts were not manufactured by the early church to spread a story about a resurrected Jesus that was untrue. The first disciples at this stage simply did not believe it. On that first Easter Sunday morning, they did not get it. They start to get it a bit later in the day when the risen Jesus starts to make his appearance. Uh, and I'll look at some of those post-resurrection appearances in the Sundays to come. But at this stage, early on Easter Sunday morning, they think he's dead. So there's a great surprise there's no body. The women find the stone rolled away from the entrance to the tomb and no body. What has happened here? And while they were wondering, two men appear in clothing that gleam like lightning. And we're taken back, aren't we, to the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus appeared <coughs> uh, to that inner circle of three, to Peter, James and John. And he was glowing. His clothing was white, uh, glowing, shining bright. These two men, angels, once again, the presence of heaven is breaking in to earthly experience. The women are afraid. And the question comes to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Hallelujah. Remember what he said when he was with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Remember, he told you. Why do you look for the living among the dead? 
We human beings do this all the time, don't we? The search for meaning, the search for purpose, the search for shape to life. And we go all over the place. Money, drink, drugs, relationship, power, work, celebrity, fame, family, religion. You name it. We will go everywhere. And life is to be found in Jesus. The women remember what Jesus said. And they go back to the eleven and to all the others and they tell them. And the women are named. This is very important. It means that you're able to check the source of the information. And remember, this wasn't written down for 30, 40 years. So, people have seen Jesus? Who's seen Jesus? Well, the women. And they're named. You can go and Talk to them. You can say to them, tell me what happened. Tell me what you saw. Really? You can press them. You can check. You can push them. You can say, are you sure? Real people. You can actually ask them. Very important that the women are named. And I also think it's very important that it's women that are the first to receive the news. That's very much in keeping with the way that God and Jesus operate, isn't it? The first person to know that Jesus was coming into the world was a woman, Mary, his mother. The first person to be given a glimpse of God's plan for salvation was Mary, a woman. The first people to know that Jesus had been raised from the dead, women. That's important because in the culture when this was written, uh, when all these things were actually happening, women were regarded as lesser than men. Women and children were of less account than men. So I think it's really interesting uh, that women are the first to be given the message that Jesus has risen. The message of Christianity is good news for all peoples everywhere. The good news of the resurrection is significant for all of us. It is especially important for you if you believe that you are of little or no account. You are hugely important in the sight of God. The women share the news, but the apostles, who are men incidentally, don't believe it. Why don't they believe it? Because it sounds like nonsense, nonsense. We saw what happened. We saw him killed. We saw him taken down. We saw him put in the tomb. We saw what happened. What you're saying does not make sense. And it doesn't, does it? It makes no sense at all. Peter gets up and runs to the tomb. And he sees it's empty. He sees the grave clothes. And he goes away wondering what has happened. At this stage, Peter is not yet a believer, but he is on the road. What about you? How many times have you heard this story? How many times have you been in churches on Easter Sunday morning? Uh, how many times have you heard this said and you have wondered to yourself, I wonder what that is all about. Can you trust what is said? Maybe you've thought about alternative explanations. So there, are, there are always articles in newspapers at this time of the year. Uh, and sometimes there are programs on the television or stuff on the radio. Uh, there'll be any number of videos on YouTube, I guess, <laughs> uh, that want to say, well, this couldn't be true. It could not have happened. 
Perhaps his friends stole the body. Perhaps he wasn't really dead after all. Perhaps this or perhaps that. Well, I would encourage you to thoroughly explore all of that if you think that might be so. I think you need to be as rigorous with this story as you would be with any other. You need to know the truth about what happened. Is it true that Jesus, who was killed on a cross three days later, was raised from the dead? You need to explore the story properly. You need to explore it thoroughly. You need to bring every faculty to bear on this story and exhaust it so that you know one way or the other. And if it is not true, you don't need to do anything. You can just pity us, pity me, pity those that believe this. Poor deluded fools that we are. If it is true, however, what are you going to do? The conclusions that we come to in this place shape the journey for the rest of our lives. Jesus says of himself, I have come that they might have life, life to the full. And he also says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you are looking for meaning, purpose, shape for your life, I would suggest it is to be found in Jesus. And of course I'm going to suggest that. I'm the minister of a Baptist church. You wouldn't expect me to say anything different. But you will have met others that are not professionally involved. You will have met people that are not paid to believe this. You will know people that just believe it. Why would that be? Maybe it's true. He is not here. He has risen. Hallelujah. Let's just uh, see a brief video that will encourage us. Go on. everyone feels that way sometimes at least a little bit even my Christian friends but I don't know is it easier for them they seem so sure of their purpose and I'm just not I mean I've asked a lot of questions but the answers are so hard to pin down like maybe this is just life all there is you know or maybe Jesus really is out there like they say waiting for me. Isn't Easter supposed to be about him coming back to life, going home? If so, maybe he's hoping I'll come home too, has a whole meal prepared and we'll eat and laugh and keep telling each other that we really should be getting to bed soon. But then someone will make a joke and we'll all laugh and get started in a new topic. And before you know it, we'll be lost again. But this time in conversation, this time together. And I think that is what makes all the difference. So if you're wandering out there, alone, feeling lost, you need to know I've been there. We all have. But don't lose heart, because Jesus is waiting for us.
he'd left us his church, a family we can all belong to. And while no family is perfect, we will be accepted and we won't have to feel truly lost ever again. Because even when we are, we're there together and we know where we're going. Time for us to sing a great old hymn, Thine Be the Glory. If you're able, please stand. seated friends <coughs> this this table is open to all of you uh, you don't have to be a member of this church to take communion here just listen to the words of the invitation and if as you listen you think yes that is me then you are welcome to receive bread and wine if you think no I'm not in that place well it's perfectly okay for you to stay with us and just to pass the elements through to the next person you're welcome here 
If you truly and earnestly repent of your sins and are in love and charity with your neighbours and are resolved to lead a new life, following the commandments of God and walking henceforth in his holy ways, then draw near with faith and take this sacrament to your comfort and growth in grace. Come to this sacred table not because you must, but because you may. Come not to testify that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Not because you have any claim on heaven's rewards, but because in your frailty and sin, you stand in constant need of heaven's mercy and help. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He also said, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the house and eat with them, and they with me. Let us pray. Lord, we come to your table trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs from under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy, and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. This is what the Apostle Paul tells us concerning the institution of the Lord's Supper. For the tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest... The Lord Jesus took bread and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. We read that Jesus offered a prayer of thanksgiving for bread and for wine, and we shall do the same. Let us pray. Father God, once again, we come to give you thanks, to thank you for giving us something tangible to help us remember, something to touch, something to taste, something to see, something that physically goes into us. And it's wonderful, Father, that we have such a thing. It's ordinary stuff, bread and wine. We can do this every day. We eat and drink every day. And yet, these ordinary things, when they're placed in your hand, they become extraordinary. And so as we eat and drink, remembering the cost of our salvation and celebrating the joy of this day, we know that we will do so with thankful hearts. Amen. So after he'd given thanks, the Lord took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. We shall eat the bread as we receive it.
In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink this, remember me. We retain the cup and drink together. Friends, it is the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love gave us grace and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us so that we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Friends, we sing our closing hymn together. If you're able, please stand.
Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.